0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
2: Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm. Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa Know How. Napa know-how.
3: Welcome to the Wednesday Road Wire football podcast, college edition, brought to you by Wix.com. I'm John McKechnie, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy and college football editor, uh, college football guru, Mario Puig. Mario, we had a pretty crazy slate of games last weekend, some really uh, kind of down-to-the-wire finishes. Um, what were some things that kind of stood out to you? I'd like to get us started with the, with that Wisconsin-Ohio State game.
4: Uh, it was pretty exciting. I watched that game, and, and- Addison was obviously pretty hyped up for that, and uh, it was it was as always with the Badgers closer than I expected. I I thought Ohio State would cover; they obviously did not, having gone to overtime. But I, I think the the Badgers are really really good. I think they're going to throttle Nebraska in a week, uh, the week after the upcoming one. Right uh, when when Nebraska comes to Camp Randall, uh, which coincides with like a, a Halloween. So uh, that's going to be a mess, but it's it's one that. I think the Badgers are just going to
3: rock them in. I think so too. I think you know my my sort of final thought on that game coming into it was was whoever was able to sort of seize the momentum and play their brand of football first was gonna was gonna you know kind of dictate the game. And I thought that Wisconsin came out and they played uh, like the, their brand of football, and they kind of got Ohio State off of its uh, like momentum a little bit. And it took, obviously it took Ohio state forever to sort of, uh, be able to mount their comeback and, and chip back into it. And I thought that, you know, if, if Wisconsin was able to hold Ohio state to like under 24 points, they'd have a real shot at winning. And obviously, uh, it ended up being 30 points and, you know, 23 points going into overtime. So, uh, that, that did un- end up kind of being the threshold there, but uh, yeah, I'm super impressed by Wisconsin. Uh, they they should be able to take care of business against Iowa this week. We'll get into that a little bit later, but, uh, the run game looked good it looked i liked how they used jazz pv yeah Yeah. clement's
4: clement's looking so much better this year i mean granted he had like the sports hernia last year but um he's he looks like an nfl runner right now
3: he absolutely does i mean to to average over six yards of carry against an ohio state defense that had pretty much been shutting everyone down completely uh that was really impressive um down to the SEC, uh, we had that Bama-Tennessee game. We both kind of felt like Tennessee was just literally too banged up to do anything. Then they got even more banged up during that game, so that ended up
4: kind of being a wash. Yeah, I, I, I want to uh, apply a formal curse on whoever that Alabama guy was that late hit Alvin Kamara out that was, of bounds. That was and so weak. Looks like he might have inj- like, uh, ended his season in the process. Very lame of you, whatever your name is. Um, but yeah, that, that game was kind of a joke.
3: Yeah, Jalen Hurts just sort of took over and, and let everyone know who's boss. Uh, we had that Arkansas game, very close win over Ole Miss. We weren't really sure how that one was going to shake out, uh, but we did have that one on replay in the office this afternoon. Uh, did any
4: any one thing kind of stand out to you from that one? Uh, well, I didn't quite uh, know of this until you pointed it out to me, but just how bad the Arkansas run defense is, and that could matter quite a lot against Auburn this week. But, yeah, I'm still I'm still just – impressed with the the Arkansas offense yes. like Austin Allen I guess is pretty much the same as his brother last year and the, they have such great receivers like they really should have considered like a one-year experiment with the air raid because they got maybe like four NFL receivers like I forgot Dominic Reed was even on that team I was like <laughs> with, with this uh, Cornelius stepping up this year it was easy to to forget about him but he's really good and he's like fourth in line of for targets yeah it's un-
3: unreal how deep they are and and you know they're they're all like kind of just big uh, quick receivers uh, that can definitely make plays down the field and you like the running back core uh, that true freshman Devor Wally uh, the running backs just looks better pretty yeah. much every week Raleigh Williams
4: looked faster than I would have thought he would too yes yeah like he, he, he had really kind of like plotting numbers last year but this year he's looking pretty Pretty good, good numbers to show for it.
3: So definitely excited to see how that offense holds up against an Auburn defense. that has been incredibly impressive to this point uh, this year. Uh, West Virginia coming down to Lubbock last weekend and, and really kind of putting it on Texas Tech. Uh, really impressive stuff from them. I mean, that, to only hold an offense like Texas Tech to – 10 points I think it was I mean that's just kind of yeah, unheard was,
4: of I think it was Shelton Gibson was saying like before the game like I bet we can hold them to 10 points and every time a player says something like that you got the people who are like oh why are you giving them bullets and you know <laughs> don't talk do it on the field and it, you know he was Pretty much called the spread, basically. So. Yep, you
3: nailed it. Um, so West Virginia's kind of starting to emerge as, as the team to beat in the Big 12 now. I, I feel like this week yeah, yeah. The, the hype train is really building, and we've been driving the anti-Baylor hype train for quite some time now. So uh, whenever they whenever they meet up and clash uh, later on in the season, uh, that should be pretty interesting. I think that'll that'll kind of prove uh, who's boss in the Big 12 and then uh, Colorado got got like another strong win uh, to their resume. They beat Arizona State pretty soundly. I thought um, Safaiofau's back. I think that was sort of like the biggest takeaway from that one.
4: Yeah, Philip Lindsay had a huge game. Like I've he's been a fine enough player, but like I, I couldn't believe that when I saw that total. Uh, the Arizona State defense is a mess. So yeah, uh, it, it's looking like Colorado is quite decent though, and, and I think it was right to go back to Luaiofau. He's 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 quite good
3: yeah it's really it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the the southern portion of the Pac-12 shakes out because UCLA has been uh really disappointing uh USC got off to that rocky start. They had, you know, the loss at Utah. I mean, that wasn't a bad loss by any means. Utah's number 19 in the country. But, you know, it's still a, a loss in the division. And then Colorado goes ahead and loses to USC. So it's it's kind of a jumbled mess out there. We'll have to see how it shakes out. But getting into the in, into some of, the, like, the disappointments from last week, weekend, we were starting to think that Clemson had had started to flip the switch on. You know, having beaten Louisville, uh and and having you know kind of throttled bc uh last week they sort of just laid an egg against uh, nc state and we're very fortunate to escape that with a win
4: yeah they seem to just get into weird scenarios with north carolina state like i remember last year it was i uh, i'm pretty sure brissett got going against them and uh although a couple of years before that they just clobbered north carolina state but either way i definitely didn't see that game going the way it did uh deshaun watson seems to have taken a step back this year. Yes. Um, which is not what you expect from a guy coming uh, back a year and a half after an ACL tear, like playing on it last year. I don't know how you get worse with that extra offseason to recover, but um anyway, it's it's uh Gallman's supposed to be back with that concussion this week, right? Yes. Yeah. He'll have the bye week to recover. I think Oh, both, on a bye. Right.
3: Both Florida State and Clemson are on a bye before they meet up and that's gonna be That's good. You know, one of the bigger uh, that's going to kind of dictate how the ACC really kind of shakes out, at least in that in
4: that division. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, the Clemson defense that was that was the most surprising thing, I guess, is how how they gave up so much to like Matt Days and Jalen Samuels. I thought right. I thought those two were going to get shut down. But. Yeah,
3: I mean, I definitely would have figured that that much. I mean, those guys are, are very solid running backs and 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 options in that offense in their own rights. But, you know, Clemson has kind of established itself as, as one of the better run defenses around. So for them to get gashed like that, pretty uh, surprising. Uh, we'll have to see how the bye week treats them. Assuming Gallman is back, I think that's going to help that offense. But you know that Florida State game looming on the other side of the bye is is going to be crazy. We'll spend a lot of time on that next week. Um,
4: Speaking of elite run defenses, uh, is Vanderbilt one of those now?
3: Uh, appears to be. Okay. Um, they they seem to have to shut down uh, my beloved Georgia Georgia Bulldogs to the point where they actually beat Georgia in Sanford Stadium. Uh, that we didn't have the game on in the office because we don't get the SEC network for whatever reason, but. Yeah, I was following along the entire time, and it—I wasn't expecting us to blow them out. I think I said on the podcast last week. I thought the fourteen-point spread for the dogs was a bit rich for my blood, but right. uh, man, I—I I just can't I, believe how bad this Kirby Smart hire looks with each passing week.
4: Yeah, they gotta—they gotta send him packing. He's—he's he's a joker.
3: And then—and then on Monday, I, I wake up and and I. Read this headline that that Tom Herman had definite interest in the Georgia job last offseason. So that just made me feel even worse. Uh, So, yeah, the dogs, it's dark times for the dogs right now. Uh, You you can pretty much forget about them in the SEC East. Uh, They're not very fun to watch. Chubb Chubb is like fine, but he's not putting up the kind of numbers that he was last year before the injury or when he was a freshman. So they're just not a fun team to watch. I would advise against watching them personally Uh, that Florida game in two weeks is going to be one of like the biggest eyesores of of pretty much any power five game this year
4: looking forward to it
3: yeah we'll have it on um and then uh UCLA uh we kind of touched on them a bit earlier they didn't have Josh Rosen so that obviously uh, changes things but
2: uh
4: Dude, I love it so much how Jim Mora was just screaming at that kicker for like 15 minutes. Right? Like, dude, the the kicker is not why you're you're a failure right now. Like, you this is a serious projection.
3: It's yeah, no. It, it's uh they are just in absolute turmoil. I think you've said this before, but it seems like he just is sort of pushing the limits of what UCLA will will like tolerate from him, you know, why. as a like, as a ways is, to get out or something.
4: Yeah, like what what he was considered like one of the the I don't know, not best coaches, but it was like people didn't take him for like a hot seat scenario at all, but now it's like he just doesn't care or something.
3: Yeah, that that definitely seems to be the case and then there's the incident uh that, that Gabe Marks touched on in his uh his like little press conference yesterday great name yeah great mark gabe marks great man great receiver and oh, i thought you were
4: talking about never mind yeah he's, he's, he's yeah he's good too <laughs> but,
3: but yeah he pretty much took ucla to task and you know said that they're warm trying to warm up on their side of the field as a way to to act tough uh, and that it was a way of being insecure because they wear powder blue and they go to school in a rich part of los angeles and and it just makes them look like even bigger tryhards. i thought that was a really Pretty awesome takedown. Very honest, uh, coming from Gabe Marks. Uh, so really appreciated that one. But, uh, let's move on from last week. Let's get into this week's slate. We actually have a, you know, pretty good Thursday slate here this week. We got Virginia yeah. Tech hosting Miami. Virginia Tech six point favorites.
4: That's, that's a lot, I think. I, I like, I like VOT Tech to win that one. But, uh, I see, like, um, according to covers anyway, it looks like, um, like 59% of the betting is on Miami in this scenario, but the, the line got bigger, which is weird. Like it opened at hmm. four, got up to, to six for Virginia Tech. Uh, so I, I don't know what that, that means. Like somebody put a ton of money on Virginia Tech early on, um, but most people are going for Miami. At six, I definitely would take the Miami side.
3: I think the reason the line might have jumped is it looks like Miami is pretty much going to be without their entire defensive line. Oh, that, So that that's a problem. Um I know Trayvon McMillan hasn't been as good as we were kind of hoping this year, uh, and he's a little bit banged up himself. No, he's not. No, that that is a misnomer. They don't use him anyway. Right. It's it's
4: something about Fuente. He just doesn't want to have a running back. Yeah, so
3: Evans has almost as many carries as he does, and he's the quarterback. But, you know, I think that that definitely spreads Miami's defense thin. If Virginia Tech wants to attack them uh, up front that way, I I think that they should be able to. I think the Virginia Tech wins this game because it's at home, uh, and they're, they're coming off a, a pretty head-scratching loss to, to Syracuse last weekend.
4: Yeah, do you, do you happen to see any of that? Do you know how it happened? Uh,
3: not not especially, I it. actually.
4: Yeah, I was, I was. it's not as if Fuentes never had to play against, you know, an up-tempo spread scheme like Syracuse So that was just bizarre the, the, the way they – it wasn't close, you know? Like it was, yeah. It was, it was kind of a big upset, a uh, big magnitude of an upset. So – uh, Babers is doing a great job there. Yes. Syracuse is, is certainly a fun team to watch, even if they're kind of you know overachieving at the moment. But yeah, give them give them a year or two.
3: Absolutely. And then uh, we got we got a Troy South Alabama game. Uh, Troy eight point favorites on the road there. Troy's, uh, Troy's going to be them by more. I think. Yeah, they they're actually having quite a good season out of the Sun Belt. Uh, looking pretty potent on on offense in their own right and pretty solid on defense by Sunbelt standards. Uh, And then we got Boise State hosting BYU. Uh, Boise State, seven-point favorites. Uh, How are you leaning in this one?
4: So I would like Boise, uh, you know, they're at home. That that's, makes them hard to beat in itself. But uh, they gave Jeremy McNichols like 44 touches from scrimmage in their last game, and it's on mm. a short week. And not to say Jamal, Jamal Williams had a huge workload too, but uh, that kind of that worries me a little bit. Like if he's, if he's anything less than full strength, like the BYU defense is good enough, I think, to, to m- slow down Boise, certainly make it closer than seven, seven and a half it opened at. So, yeah, I, I would take BYU for the spread. Um, but it's, uh, on the other hand, like the Brigham or the, the BYU offense doesn't really have anything but Williams. So right. I can't really see them pulling away, even if they do manage to slow Boise state, who I would guess is going to be without Cedric Wilson. He didn't play last That's week. That's right. And it was a high ankle sprain and the, the uh, Harson was like, Oh, he's, he's, you know, going to be fine this week. Like a high ankle sprain is not a one week injury. So yeah. We'll see we've seen, you
3: know, if you've followed Leonard Fournette and LSU at all this year, or, you know, if you're a Packers fan of the Eddie Lacy thing, like, you know that a high ankle sprain uh, is not something you just come back from uh, after one week. Uh, so that, that should be a pretty interesting game to watch. Uh, I'm kind of torn because I think Boise State's just so tough at home. Yeah. Uh so I think they do win this one. That that seven points is like right at the right at the cusp for me.
4: Yeah, I'm at like four points, I think.
3: I think that I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh so kinda like BYU to cover there. Uh don't feel awesome about it because Boise State does have like that that sort of explosiveness, especially if McNichols is going at full steam ahead, even though, you know, like you said, he's he's been used a ton recently uh friday we got uh south florida at temple south florida seven point road favorites
4: this should be a good game i would not expect south florida to cover that being at temple um T- jihad thomas is red hot right now uh vental brine at receiver is good so i i think they'll be able to make it closer than six uh six points so uh south florida though great teams it's just that uh temple i think can score points on, on that south florida defense which is had more trouble against the run than the pass, so Thomas should be able to get going in that.
3: Yeah, I think that this is a situation where, where that's a lot of points uh, on the road for, for South Florida. So Temple Temple has been hitting their stride more so than they were earlier in the season. I thought they kind of started off slow after you know being pretty awesome last year, sort of one of the darlings of the group of five. Um, so I, I do feel like Temple should be able to make this one closer than seven points, uh, potentially pull off the upset. Yeah. I could I could see that happening especially if their defense, you know, is able to slow down uh the explosive plays that the South Florida has kind of been hanging their hat on a, a lot this year.
4: Yeah, that's a good that's a good upside call. I still I'll still go with South Florida, but yeah, these are two well-coached teams that are that are pretty talented, and going on the road for South Florida makes them vulnerable.
3: All right, we got a couple of West Coast duds coming up next. Uh, we got San Diego State hosting San Jose State. San Diego State uh, projected to blow them out. Twenty-three and a half point home favorites seems like a lot, but it never really seems like a ton against San Jose State for me. Yeah, they're
4: they're weird. Uh, they've they've been dealing with some injuries, to be fair, and like they're without their best receiver for academic reasons but they just don't seem good. And and San Diego State's shown some vulnerability lately. Uh, like, I think Fresno covered against them uh, last week, which was... I think you called that. Uh, well, I didn't call it being 17. I thought it would be, like, uh, 31 to... 20 or something like that but not 17 to Mm -hmm. 3 but yeah it's it's a it's a it's a setting that San Diego State should just make an into a laugh or Donald Pumphrey should go wild in that
3: yeah that that's a big thing you know he he's he's a guy that's going to be able to to tear off so many long runs and San Diego State's defense I think should be able to suffocate uh, San Jose State's offense even though San Diego State's defense isn't quite like as awesome as it was last year, I think it's, it's still going to be still pretty, pretty good. Oh, the or San
4: Diego good. State, yeah, it's, that that one's good. Uh, sorry, yeah, the, the San Jose State though is is like one of the worst. So right, yeah, uh, should should be giving up like thirty five plus in that.
3: Yeah, I would imagine so. And with that, I I think I do like San Diego State to cover. And then uh, we got a couple of Pac twelve teams that have underwhelmed a little bit. Uh, they're both coming off of bye weeks to get healthy or to figure out what, it, what the heck they're actually doing in the case of Oregon. Yeah. You know, I think they might still you know be seeing stars after what happened to them at Autzen, uh two Saturdays ago against Washington, but California is going to be hosting them. Uh, Three-point favorites for Cal. Uh, do we know what's, what's going on with Chad Hanson
4: and uh, Davis Webb? Uh, I I don't actually know. I know Webb had the hand injury last week that that affected him in a big way with a with an over under of eighty seven and a half. <laughs> you would think the intel on this one is is saying they're both ready to go. Uh, gonna have to monitor them monitor them both certainly. Uh, but yeah, I I. I have no idea which side to take in this. I mean, if Webb, it's still hurt. If if, Han- if Hanson especially is hurt, I think. It looks uh, like he's expected
3: to play, luckily. So okay, cool. they should be pretty much at, at full speed.
4: But yeah, I I guess this game could be close, if only because I would imagine the California defense can't slow Royce Freeman at all. Right. So if, if Oregon can somewhat dictate the flow of the game through him and the other the other running backs, too, for, for that matter, uh, that. Would be how how Oregon stays in it, but I don't think they can score at the rate of California, generally speaking. So, uh, yeah, 70% of the money on on Cal minus three, which... I would not have foreseen at all, even even like three weeks ago. Right, but uh, yeah, Oregon just—I uh, I really don't think Helfrich knows what he's doing, and at some point, the players are going to stop buying in. It seems like you know, pharaoh Brown said something to that effect last week,
3: and he, he didn't—he didn't necessarily like backtrack off of it. He more clarified it during the week, but he—you know—he's just like. Like I'm not gonna run through a wall for Coach Helfrich. Like it, he's, he said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, so and then he, you know, he went on to say like he respects Coach Helfrich and re- respects the process and all that. respects that he's, you know, the, the man in charge. But uh, it just seems like Oregon's players are, are a little bit shiftless right now. I think uh, I've seen some comments from like their seniors, kind of saying that they're like their younger players have come in expecting. All this and that, and it's really not coming to fruition. They're, they're sort of being it's all a little these, lackadaisical. It,
4: it's all these, these new phones and participation trophies. Like uh, Gundy. Yeah, these, yeah him, him too. Uh, but yeah... The, <laughs> Oregon's got problems. Like even even if even if the new players or whatever were fully buying in, it's like Helfrick is just getting outsmarted left and right. That's true. So I I'm with the public here. I think I think Cal uh, should be able to cover this. as long as Webb is okay and Hanson is yep. okay. Yeah, there's no reason to think that uh, Oregon with its. Uh, quarterback nonsense wouldn't you know fall behind by one possession or two exactly and you know I I really have my
3: doubts about Herbert being able to to really get that offense in gear in his second start even if it is against a California defense that uh, is is pretty much just Swiss cheese Um, so that does it for the weekday games Uh, Saturday we got a couple of group of five games of interest Uh, we got some action here starting off Toledo hosting Central Michigan Toledo 10.5
4: point favorites yeah, that's a lot of points, but uh, Toledo does have a lot of firepower on offense. Uh, Logan Woodside's has been just spectacular yep. coming off the red shirt year. Um, it's Kareem Hunt at running back, but they got two guys, at least otherwise, that are quite good. Cody Thompson's been just spectacular going back to last year. Uh, the, what's the what's the other one's name? John via something. Oh, uh, he he's he's shown some major upside, and and Corey Jones is still a good underneath route target. So Central Michigan's defense yeah, is John pretty B. good. Johnson. Yeah, the the Central Michigan defense is pretty good, especially by Max standards. But I don't think there are many. I mean BYU is a much better defense than Central Michigan, and they let toledo go for what like 45 53 53? okay um yeah that's a lot uh toledo toledo is just one of the best offenses in the country but 10 and a half points is a lot if only because central michigan does have a senior quarterback fourth year starter uh, uh, Corey willis has been great this year so they they might be able to score enough to just kind of keep a, a respectable pace but yeah, Toledo. I, I would imagine wins this by like at least I don't know seven.
3: Yeah, I, my concern is is Central Michigan's uh, just running out of firepower a little bit. Um yeah. you know they're coming off like a, a, a overtime, a bizarre overtime win over NIU last weekend that was on SVP's uh, like bad beat segment. It was like one of the all time. Uh, if you had the under you were like totally set and then there was just like a zillion points in the last 4 minutes and overtime to to push it uh past the past the over under um but yeah central michigan that they're just they're without a couple of their key contributors from last season on offense and i think that definitely hurts their upside uh, for this one, I mean Toledo doesn't have like a great. They're they're about a wash. Uh, Central Michigan and Toledo's defenses. Central Michigan's a little bit more opportunistic. Uh, they have ten interceptions, which is the most in the MAC, holding their opponents to six point two yards per attempt. But you know, but on the same on the same token, you know, Woodside has been pretty much unstoppable. Whoever he's faced, uh, twenty four to four touchdown to interception ratio. That's uh, pretty insane. So eleven it, yards per pass. Jeez. <laughs> um, so. This really comes down to can, can Central Michigan keep up, keep pace w- with Toledo, and, and uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and can their defense, you know, hold Toledo to under thirty-five points, which I'd, I'm not sure has been done yet this season.
4: Right. Oh uh, man, I just noticed uh, Michael Roberts, their tight end, is already up to nine touchdowns in six games after catching three last week. Uh, so, so not yeah, bad. That, that's another. That's another guy that Central Michigan has to deal with. Yeah. So with with all that in mind,
3: uh, I. Man, eleven points. I think I, I think I
4: like Central Michigan to cover, but I don't feel great about it. Right? No. I, the only reason I'm considering Central Michigan to cover is because of basically Cooper Rush. Like, yeah. I mean, he's he's not great. He's he's more, he's a player who's productive because he has a ton of experience and you know the system he knows very well at this point. But uh, it's it's just hard to imagine him with all the experience that he has not being able to put something up on Toledo. I don't know. That's it. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. And, you know, Central Michigan got, got beat pretty good by like Western Michigan. But
3: Western Michigan is, again, like a notch ahead of Toledo as far as the Mac is a concerned. better defense, at least. Yes, absolutely. Um, so then moving on, uh, we got Memphis one and a half point favorites at Navy. Navy obviously coming off a bye week and then they, they had the crazy upset win over Houston. Uh, how what's your read on this
4: one here I never know how to approach these these military schools but especially Navy but no. I, I I think I would have to take Navy in this one just because I'm not convinced Memphis has a balanced attack really and Anthony Miller's been kind of nicked up the last few weeks mm-hmm. uh, they're they're pass defense has been better than their run defense but that doesn't help you against navy obviously right so I, I i kind of and i'm kind of thinking like riley ferguson just isn't that great or at least like the offense their new scheme for from norvell is not fully polished yet uh they've they've had they've had a good uh, record so far but they've had some uneven performances week to week i'm not convinced they have their identity down quite right so uh going against navy i mean they have their identity down and they're it's it's amazing how good they are, like how effective they are. Yeah. Uh, taking you know only guys who who have to like you know swear to military service because like man, they, 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 if you gave Navy like other recruits, it was like what would those coaches? I don't know. It's crazy that they that they're just so dangerous. Being a team like Houston, that yeah, that was one of the
3: more unbelievable games that I've seen this season. Uh, I do think that Navy should be able to uh, to beat Memphis this one straight up. Uh, you know, I think at home. Uh, going again, and, and they're coming off a bye. I think that definitely helps them a lot, especially coming off like such a huge emotional win. It kind of like limits the potential of like a, a true letdown, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. So I think that Navy should be able to come out on top here. Uh, we got one more from that conference. Uh, we got Cincinnati playing host to East Carolina. Uh, Cincinnati's two point favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, East, <laughs> but I mean, I
4: think you and I uh, both just don't trust Senor Tuberville at all. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Cincinnati's good at all. Whereas, like I know East Carolina's had a rough couple weeks, but I mean they've been hurt. They've played a, a tough schedule. Yep, they're not catching anybody by surprise anymore. But if, if Philip Nelson is healthy, I I don't know. I I just feel like uh, Scotty Montgomery is a is a much more promising coach, and, and Cincinnati what have they done exactly like I, their, their running game is a mess like Tian Green and Mike Boone have both been literally half as good as yep, they've been in the past like regression their, their, yeah like their offensive line isn't good the quarterback position is gross uh they, they got a couple decent receivers but they're basically like not they don't have the personnel they need to run that scheme I don't know if 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 Philip Nelson is okay. I, I'll take East Carolina on that one. Yeah, I think I think that's
3: that's definitely going to be the key. How how healthy Nelson is because um, they don't want Gardner Minshew in there for you know a full game. <laughs> really, I just said that just to say Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I like that name. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, but Cincinnati, uh, they they're just they're they're weak in all the, in all the spots that they used to be. You know, pretty promising in you know that offense was really explosive last year. I thought, and this year. It just seems like a like a total mess, and they they can definitely You're be lost vulnerable. To Connecticut, yeah, like, come, come on, on now, dude. And you know, Zay Jones is going to get roughly 40 like catches. Yep, 40. I think I think that's that's like a pretty conservative estimate, frankly. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's one where I, I could see East Carolina going up there. Um, I'm a little bit worried about their defense, but. I, I think that they can definitely at least give Cincinnati a game. I, I'm not sure that they win out right just because you know Cincinnati's at home, probably have like a little bit more talent across the board. Um, I know I was just trashing them like a second ago, but uh, do I, do I think that Cincinnati covers I mean that that's like such a narrow spread to say no would just be saying that East Carolina's going to win. Right. I still think Cincinnati wins. Fair enough. I just I feel icky.
4: Fair enough, yeah, I I don't feel confident about it either way, but I just just think Cincinnati's bad, (laughs) that's all.
3: Yes, pretty much, bottom line, Cincinnati, bad, but maybe just not bad enough this weekend at home. Now, before we get into some of our rapid-fire picks, we have a message for you guys uh, from our friends at Wix.com. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy for you to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to WIX.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. All right, hopping into our rapid-fire picks here. You know, we're just going to kind of gloss over what we think is going to happen here. Um, A little bit of knee-jerk reaction time. Uh, We got Louisville at home coming off of sort of a weird, uh, like, what are you guys doing exactly, Uh, game against Duke last Friday night. They're they're playing NC State at home, 19-and-a-half-point favorites. That's a lot.
4: This sounds familiar. It was this last week that <laughs> NC State had, had a 19 point spread against uh, ACC Juggernaut. Um,
3: this is Groundhog Day, actually. This is actually last Wednesday again.
4: Yeah, I really don't want to pick against Louisville in any particular way, spread or otherwise. Um, but 19 and a half is a lot. Their, their defense hasn't been as good lately. I mean, Deshaun Watson will skew the averages, but sure. uh, I. Can't really take them for nineteen and a half, even though it just feels like a, a lose lose going against them that way.
3: Yeah, no, I, my, I'm leaning the same way. The only ways that I that I see see it going the other ways, like I, I could see this get going sideways on us in a hurry. Is if Louisville feels uh, inclined to to come back and just really uh, sort of set the tone again after la- you know last week. You know, Lamar Jackson's still at everyone's uh, like top of Heisman list, and he should be but maybe they want to get another like kind of statement beat yeah, down they'll here.
4: Be, they'll be concerned with optics after getting what they won by like 10 points against. Them yeah. It was just 24 ugly. to 14 as
3: yeah. Um, but, and then NC state, you worry that, you know, maybe they sort of built, burnt all their matches. Uh, yeah. Take, taking Clemson to the wire, but in the, so in the end, i still think that NC state's respectable enough to keep this one, you know, under three scores here. So still got I
4: got days and Samuels.
3: Yes, they do. And they have a, decent defense i think i mean it's not terrible i don't know um but yeah i think i think both of us like the wolf pack to cover that spread i think it's a little too big um kansas state hosting texas kansas state two and a half point
4: favorites uh that's weird um yeah kansas state do we know is, is Ertz out and they're back to huberner these days it
3: looks like it, they're gonna they're gonna be
4: testing out Ertz throughout the week but uh, i could i could see huberner taking it over I think I'd have to take uh, Texas in this one. Their their defense, I have no faith in it at all. But it's just that I I more so have have a good amount of faith that De- Deontay Foreman is close to matchup proof these days, and and Buchel is still pretty promising. I, I I think those two can pretty much lead them to victory because I I don't think they'll need to score that much to get ahead of Kansas State.
3: Yeah, that's the key that you know like their their defense is going to be a, an issue for the whole season, but. Kansas State's one of those few offenses in the Big 12 where they're probably still not going to put up a ton of points against the Big 12 right as long regardless. as
4: regardless right as long as the Longhorns don't let the Kansas State defense give them problems then I, I think they should be able to win by like I don't know as much as like a touchdown
3: yeah I, I think we're on the same page there. both like the Longhorns um here's a line that was sort of confusing to me
4: impossible um, to set this one
3: yeah i i don't understand i mean these two teams are, are just polar opposites in every possible way this is boston college four and a half point favorites at home against the syracuse team that's coming off a huge upset win over virginia tech
4: yeah and their defense is not good syracuse's uh boston colleges is quite good but i think it might just be the case that the, the syracuse offense is is doing so well right now that uh they could they could just their nature would bring out the worst of the Boston College side. Like all it would take is like one touchdown for Syracuse and and the Boston College's offense. It basically can't function without a lead. So and besides, they've they've given up ten touchdowns to just two interceptions. So uh, they're going to have to improve on that against Syracuse, or else the Syracuse could get up by like. I don't know, fourteen points.
3: Yeah, like Boston College definitely still has a respectable defense, but it's not like the elite, like I need to I need to avoid this matchup uh this week type type of defense uh from last year. So I, I think that Syracuse will be able to move the ball on them a little bit more than I would have said, you know, last year. Um
4: after what they did to Virginia Tech, it's just I, I can't I can't get so scared of Boston College. No. So
3: absolutely not, because Virginia Tech quantifiably does have a better defense than, than B.C. does this year. So I think that Syracuse uh, and they don't have like like the built up cachet to really like have like a letdown game here. So I think this is this is one of the games when I was looking at their schedule uh, to start the year that, you know, are they going to get to that four win total? Uh, I circled this as a win and I'm mean going to stick with that. I think Syracuse gets this one.
4: Yeah. is it was 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 four, uh what they needed to get to or five? maybe was it four and a half maybe yeah i can't i thought it was anyway uh yeah they have to win either this one or a road game against uh what is it pittsburgh because they're not winning in their home games against you know uh i can't remember but i'm I'm assuming it was like florida state and and clemson or somebody that they got to face they otherwise. do have, they
3: do have clemson and florida state and nc state uh okay. still Oh, uh, is NC State on the road? Uh, that's at home. Okay. And well, I guess they
4: could win that one.
3: Florida State is at home as well, and then at but Pitt, yeah, their they're, best
4: bets to win are unfortunately on the road. So. Yeah, that, that's tough. But I, I I'm I still in like favorite. the chances because just Dino Dino's for real, and they do have talent that fits his approach.
3: Absolutely. Um, you we're we're gonna get back to the Big Twelve. We're gonna get back to West Virginia here. Uh, they're they're hosting TCU. Uh six point favorites. I'll
4: take West Virginia to cover that easy. I'm actually pretty worried this could be a meltdown game for Kenny Hill.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm worried too. Uh his his uh
4: he's botched so many favorable settings yes. and this is a highly hostile unfavorable they one.
3: They barely barely escaped at the win in Kansas the other week. I mean so Yeah, that, and
4: he's had slow starts in pretty much every game and and it's like if you start slow against West Virginia, you're just going to get buried. Like yeah, a slow start against them constitutes like a defensive touchdown and like the TCU defense can't stop West Virginia. That's
3: a, that's a big key. So West Virginia's going to be able to score points. TCU is just not. So that that's a pretty much a no-brainer to me as well. Um <clears throat> Josh Rosen just got cleared to play today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And like the line uh was off the board and now it's UCLA 7 point favorites uh hosting Utah.
4: I guess this is must be because uh I mean Utah had had lost to uh California and they beat Oregon State by just 5 last right. week. Um, but it was on the road and I, th- I the, feel like the
3: wind was insane there it was like oh, in the okay. 50s or something like the, I didn't no know that no one could like it set I mean if you looked at the box score alone you would have thought that that game set football back like a, a hundred years from from the passing numbers alone
4: yeah and uh weird weird story of Joe Williams coming out of a, a one month hiatus from football and, mm-hmm. and taking uh 37 35 carries or something in his first game back it's like wow that's uh, this guy apparently was working out, yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and doing uh, sprints and stuff the past it was like month. the parachute thing on the back. Looking yeah, like cool. I tried to like I tried to play uh, in the roto wire uh, basketball thing like when when Tim was here like a couple of months ago or something, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I a tripped on literally my first like back pedal down the court, and then B <laughs> it's like I was so drained wind wise like immediately I, I can't imagine sitting out a month and and not going through like football like college football level practices and then just stepping back into that kind of setting and taking that kind of workload and doing well with it. Yeah, that was really impressive. So <clears throat> I
3: think Utah, I think basically I think UCLA is is really kind of circling the drain right now their season. Uh, They'll get up in this too. Yes, they absolutely will, and they're going to get punched in the mouth uh, by that by that Utah defense. So I, I feel like Utah is going to cover this. I'm I'm not so sure that Utah won't even win this one outright.
4: Right. What would be helpful to know ahead of time also is whether the receiver Tim Patrick is finally going to play because uh, Whittingham said like the last two weeks he was going to. And yeah, he's and he's like warmed didn't. up too. I think. A couple yeah, of both times. Time. So uh, he, if, if he's on the field, that changes things a lot. He's he t- took a big step forward in his development this year and. Having him, I, I would if he's if he's in, I would probably pick Utah to win. And even if he's not, I, I might do the same.
3: Yeah, I think I think we're in agreement there. Just not in on UCLA right now. Um, let's see a couple of. I mean, this is pretty much just to humor me.
4: Um, I don't know uh, <laughs> Maryland two
3: point favorites at home against Michigan State.
4: I gotta take Michigan State. I don't know; they're a mess, obviously. But Maryland, even if they have hills, I. I, I don't know if if uh, they they won't have just an, a liability on offense.
3: I think that I think that Maryland can win this one. Actually, I think yeah. I think uh, Hills being back is huge. Uh, provided that that happens, you'll need to watch that before uh, you know putting any sort of uh, coinage on this one. But uh, I really feel like last week uh, the the freshman Tyrell uh, Pigromi he just wasn't ready and it, it threw off the entire offense. He took twenty five of the 36 Maryland uh, rushing attempts. And, you know, when you have guys work. like Ty Johnson and Lorenzo Harrison back there, guys that are averaging over seven yards a carry, that just makes absolutely no sense. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot there. Uh, Michigan State, uh, they keep on a downward trajectory as well. Both these teams need a win in the worst possible way. Uh, maybe Michigan State just, like – is a little, just is out is able to outclass Maryland here but yeah, I, I'm just
4: I'm banking on a reversion to type I guess mm-hmm. because this is so out of the norm for D'Antonio teams
3: yeah and they, they have their own quarterback issues they're, they're not really sure uh if they're going to start uh Brian LaWork again or if they're going to go back to Tyler O'Connor who had like he came off the bench last week and had his best game ever pretty much yeah so
4: it's messy but yeah uh I'll 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 take Michigan State I guess. You, Fair you enough. Got Maryland. Um, yeah, this next game, Washington State seven and a half on the road to Arizona State. I feel like I gotta go Washington State there. Me too. Uh their their defense is so much better than Arizona State's that I, I'm actually thinking they they might be able to put uh, two scores in, in in the in the margin there.
3: In and Arizona State, you know, their their defense is so, you know, like comically bad. Yes, exactly. So You know when you have Luke Falk, a very efficient quarterback, uh, throwing fifty plus passes against you, like he's gonna, they're gonna have so much total yards by the end of this game. It's gonna be just like mind boggling. So I think Washington State wins this one pretty handily, even though it's on the road. Uh, Moving on to some of the bigger games of the week. Uh, Starting us off uh, with probably the biggest one: uh, Alabama hosting Texas A and M. Uh, A&M, I believe, is ranked number six in the country, mind you. Uh, but Alabama, nineteen-point favorites.
4: I'll take A&M to cover that. Uh, certainly lose, but I'll take them to cover that because uh, I don't know. We've we've seen this Alabama defense show its its uh, vulnerability against a true dual-threat quarterback like uh, specifically Knight, like at yeah, Oklahoma. He, he did it to beat him. them in the bowl game. That's a why they got him back. Um, but, yeah, I think AM has a ton of uh, skill position talent around him. So 19 points I just don't see occurring, especially because I think a um, and pass defense is pretty decent. and yes. A freshman quarterback, like, hurts. I don't yes. think Alabama is going to be in, like, jugger- juggernaut mode in this one. I think it's going to be, like, a 14-point win or maybe even more like, you know, Seven to ten.
3: If things were if things were reversed and, and Bama was playing A and M last week, coming off of that crazy A and M win over Tennessee, then I might you know think that that nineteen points is is more uh, within reach, but. You know, A and M's coming off a bye. They're getting healthier. Uh, Miles Garrett should be healthier. Um so, so that's huge. I mean that that slows the run game at least a little bit for Alabama. And it 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 helps contain Jalen Hurts uh you know when he wants to break outside the pocket and you know do what he did against Tennessee last week when he pretty much single handedly like won the game by himself uh alone just by his running. Um and and like you said, A and M's pass defense is, is superior to Tennessee's. It's healthier. Uh, they, they are able to generate good pass rush up front. So I think that Hertz might, might, uh, show like some freshman tendencies in this one. I think Bama might make a few mistakes and when, whenever they do that, uh, and if A&M is able to stay mistake-free, then they'll be able to keep it close, and I think AM should be able to do that. Someone obviously somehow knows how to coach against Nick Saban, even if it is in Tuscaloosa. So I think this is a really close game, actually. I think this is uh, one that Bama definitely sweats out.
4: Uh, do, you, do you think like seven points then or something like that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I basically see it the same way. I'm thinking like ten to, to twelve or fourteen, but it could if it all it takes is like if, if Hurts throws two interceptions, then yeah, it's down to like a seven point spread. Yeah. Either way, nineteen no way. I'll take A and M for that.
3: No, that's that's just way too much. I respect A and M too much for that. Um another SEC showdown here uh in the West. Uh we got Auburn minus ten hosting Arkansas. Auburn coming off the bye, Arkansas coming off an emotional win uh over Ole Miss. How do you see this one shaking out?
4: Well, as you pointed out, uh, Arkansas's run defense has been insanely bad so far this year. And Auburn, even if Kerry and Johnson isn't available, Petway would be able to capitalize on that. But yes. it's quite plausible they'll have both of them. So I I can, I would not be able to pick against Auburn. But 10 points, I feel like, is a lot for a team that can only score on the ground, particularly when they're going against uh, an Arkansas team that has what I think might be the best four deep at receiver in the country, so I just don't see many teams in general getting ten point leads on Arkansas. Even uh, you know the run game will, is the run defense can let other teams put a stranglehold on them with a lead, but I don't right. see them generating that big of one to begin with.
3: Okay, that that's a really good way of looking at it because you know coming into this, I thought that you know, Auburn, Auburn, and I still think that Auburn's going to be able to run absolutely all over them. I mean, Petway showed that, you know, he can carry the load in Johnson's absence. He had like 39 carries against uh, Mississippi State and scored an irresponsible amount of touchdowns in that game. Uh, if they get Johnson back, you, you know, even better, but they don't have a running quarterback. And the running quarterback is sort of one of the things that have given Arkansas the trouble. And like, I think that's helped lead to that, like, kind of Gaudy 5.57 yards allowed per carry because Trevor Knight uh, was able to gash them, and then Jalen Hurts ran for two touchdowns against them. But, you know, like you said, that Arkansas offense is so explosive to where it is hard to get up by 10, especially a a team like Auburn, and, and like, build on that. So, you know, at first I thought that that Auburn was going to be able to get this, but I think your points on on Arkansas's uh, offense – uh, even if auburn's defense is really good, I still think that Arkansas should be able to keep this uh, within ten, so i 'm with you there
4: but yeah auburn's defense hasn't it 's been a bend don 't break thing they haven't really disrupted much don 't create many turnovers. I feel like they, that would have to not be the case in this game to put ten and keep ten on on arkansas
3: right um
4: let's see we got a big ten game here um, we got
3: Ohio State. Another tough road game at night, uh, going down to Penn State. Obviously, not as tough as going to Wisconsin, as evidenced in the spread. Ohio State nineteen half point road favorites, Um, but they're they're looking to I think like set like the record, the Big Ten record for road wins in a row, or maybe the active record, I forget which, but uh, yeah. So Ohio State going to Penn State. How do you see it shaking out?
4: Well, that's a ton of points, especially as you were alluding to night game. But they, it's like they've been so good against the spread under Urban Meyer. Like, they didn't get it last week. It's like almost that alone is enough for me to be like, yeah, they'll cover. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Penn State's not going to move the ball much on Ohio State. The only way it could be close is if, uh, you know, Saquon goes uh, heroic in it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if – I don't really see it happening because I – I just think Ohio State is that good, and in the meantime, I can see Ohio State scoring quickly enough that Penn State will have to abandon the run to some extent. Yep. So i I would go with Ohio State to cover it, even though that's a huge spread.
3: Yeah, I think Ohio State's like kind of due for a bounce back, and you know, Penn State's defense
4: is going to give them a lot more room to breathe uh, than Wisconsin's did. Yeah, like Wisconsin, I think it could be. A top five team like I think seems that seems like good. It. yeah like like ohio state obviously better but uh that that's that's how good wisconsin is and penn state they're, they're not close to that their pass defense has been okay this year but they've been uh, they've been terrible against the run and that's not going to fly against ohio state no
3: because they have three guys with three different skill sets they can torch you they can go with jt barrett the design runs they can go mike weber the more traditional router they can go Kurt, curtis samuel and you know he's going to reel off nine yards per carry pretty easily yeah um and also penn state you know if they didn't have a guy like saquon barkley uh i don't think that they'd be effective at all in the run game i think that offensive line is pretty pitiful still so i think ohio state's defensive front is going to be able to eat turnovers yep so i could see some strip sacks going on from Joey bose's clone they say it's his brother i think it's his clone um so you know i think it is him yeah it it seriously might be times a week (laughs) yeah i mean just keeping in shape bro so yeah i think ohio state uh should be able to to win this one pretty handily i i'll i'll lean with you there and go that ohio state takes a spread uh colorado going to stanford we were you know just talking about how impressed we were we are with colorado and we've talked about how disappointed we are with stanford and yet stanford is still two and a half point favorites
4: Yeah, that's probably just because they surprised against Notre Dame, and I didn't get to watch that game, so I don't know how Deshaun Kaiser failed so spectacularly. I I thought he was just above that, almost regardless of who he would play. Uh, Anyway, Stanford, if they have Christian McCaffrey, I would assume that spread is assuming as much. That obviously changes things relative to last week, but I just think Colorado is for real, and I think they're going to be... Better coached than Stanford, and I'm not convinced that there's any talent gap between the two. If, if there is one, I don't think it's big. Uh, yeah, Colorado has a lot of good, uh, talented, skill position guys on offense, and their defense appears to be their best in probably like ten years or something. So I like Leofau, and uh, he's he's a senior quarterback. So I, I think being on the road won't won't shake them too much. If I've learned one thing from the 2016 season, uh, don't get
3: hung up on teams that beat notre dame okay that's just yeah it seems like a hard and fast rule we all fell in love with texas we all thought michigan state texas might be fine is
4: good now yeah
3: they're back man 18 wheeler let her rip uh <laughs> No, oh my God, no! Uh, no this their, is this is all Brian Kelly. Yeah, their, <laughs> their coach almost got fired like three weeks after that. So uh, I I take pretty much nothing from Stanford beating Notre Dame, even though they didn't have McCaffrey. I think Colorado should be able. And Colorado just has so much momentum right now. They're having such a like an awesome season uh, compared to what we've seen from them for like the last ten years plus. Yeah. So I think I think you know obviously on the road uh definitely makes things a little trickier but like you said leah is a pretty experienced guy senior quarterback been the starter for a bit uh i think colorado should be able to to pull this off pull off the cover at least
4: um to win right yeah yeah let's do it
3: lock it up um Let's see. Uh, kind of rounding us out for the big games this weekend. Uh, I guess we could, we'll touch on LSU, Ole Miss in a second. But uh, Wisconsin only getting three and a half points as favorites uh, at LA, at
4: Iowa. Sorry. Yeah, they're probably pretty beat up and tired, but it's not like it's a short week or anything. And in the meantime, I'm fully convinced of Wisconsin's preparation in game management, uh, just general game planning. Kirk Ferentz is a steady coach, but we've seen from Wisconsin's coaches this year is well above that. They've They've been borderline brilliant. So, uh Wisconsin's just the way better team I think and the road isn't enough for me to get scared of that.
3: No, I I completely agree. I think, you know, Wisconsin really is like a, a top 5 team when it when it comes down to it or close to it. Um whereas Iowa They've been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. Uh they don't like basically they're not gonna be able to throw the ball at all because they're you know, George Kittle, one of their best offensive weapons. Oh, that's right. He's yeah. banged up. Matt Vandenberg, who was like the only receiver on the outside that was catching passes, broke his foot, he's done for the year. So, you know, do you really think that Riley McCarron's gonna be able to to you know, stretch out Wisconsin's defense? I don't. And then I don't think that anyone can run on Wisconsin's defense. So yeah, that's going to be an issue. I don't think I was going to score more than like ten points. Wisconsin's too physical on offense, and if they're if they're doing more of those PV end arounds and, and getting the ball in space to people, and you know, uh, staying away from Desmond King as much as humanly possible, I think that Wisconsin should be able to win this one pretty comfortably and kind of atone from last year's loss at home.
4: Yeah, fourteen to ten will do the trick for the spread, but I see it more like uh, twenty one to ten. Yes, I think that's a good way
3: of putting it, um, and then. Uh, We got the LSU Ole Miss game. I believe that is at LSU. Do you have any read on that one?
4: Not really. I I don't know what to make of. We're getting Fournette back. Yeah, I don't know what to make of uh, LSU's recent results. They've been very impressive, but it's hard to tell if it's like this is a, you know, they're burning too hot to to keep going that way. Like if they're they're just, you know, they're they're going berserk under the, the, you know, the thrill of playing for this <laughs> new coach that and I much on. prefer to the past one, sure. Um, but yeah, I just I don't see Mississippi really losing to them when they have the the passing game advantage that they do. Uh, as long as Kelly, as long as Kelly doesn't choke, I I just feel like the 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 passing game contrast between the two is enough to at least get like I don't know maybe LSU in a position where Etling you know has to actually do something and coughs up a couple costly turnovers. Yeah, the
3: the idea of having Etling uh with the game on the line if you're an lsu fan has to uh have you a little bit uh scared Bro, maybe a little nauseous
4: why am i talking about mississippi winning when it's a six-point spread i'll just i'll just say mississippi to cover and, and leave the rest alone. Yep,
3: 100 i i don't think that lsu is gonna gonna blow them away by any bit the impressive all miss rebels three and three still ranked number 23 in the country. Um, Let's see. Let, let's get into a little bit of season long discussion before we wrap it up here. Uh, let's see, uh, what kind of stands out to you this week, matchup wise?
4: Uh, so so going going way under the radar. Actually, uh, Monroe is out without their starting quarterback Garrett Smith the rest of the year, and that's that's a team that plays a lot of bad teams in the Sun Belt. And even even though they're awful, they somehow get a lot of garbage stats. And at the quarterback position. There's there's a lot of volume both as a passer and a runner. So Will Collins is the backup who's stepping in there. They get New, New Mexico this week. Uh, Collins showed a little bit last week off the bench for for, uh, for Smith. They ended up putting forty points up on Texas State, which means they they. Probably can approach thirty one or something like that against New Mexico. Okay. So that's that's way off the radar, though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, 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 I just remembered that seeing that Garrett Smith thing out, and I, I made sure not to forget that because as it would be so easy to. So, um, but yeah. Otherwise, uh, I, I don't. I don't know what what people are looking at in leagues in terms of like what's usually available and what usually isn't. But uh, if Joe Mixon is somehow out there, like he's the top running back play this week against Texas Tech, in my opinion, with Pirine, with Pirine out, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's 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 something that if you handcuffed him, it's like you hit the lottery. So um, yeah. if he's out there somehow in your league, go get him, start him over, whoever you have. Yes. Yeah.
3: Um let's see. Last week I was able to, to snag Carlos Henderson off the waiver wire oh, and God.
4: uh he's going so berserk right yeah, now. Yeah.
3: He's he's he pretty much has like the best numbers uh in in a, several categories in the country. I think he's tied uh with forget who he's tied with for, for the national lead in, in touchdowns uh, he's just he's just on an absolute he, tear right now He's always been a
4: good player and an extremely explosive one but it's like he never got the targets before the last two weeks and he, they they gave him like all the targets he could handle and like the efficiency seemed to just get better with every target yeah it's <laughs> like insane. They're just, they're, he's actually for real
3: yep he's got a six point gap between himself and his teammate trent taylor for the lead and yards per game at 147.3 and he's doing that on seven catches a game so that means he's averaging 21 yards per catch he's got 10 touchdowns that ties him with Corey Davis who we both think extremely high of uh so if he's somehow out there either of those uh Louisiana Tech guys uh please for the love of God go get them and then uh I said last week that Jalen Robinette Robinette was was an interesting play he's been hot
4: for about a month now yep
3: so he he went absolutely off last week. He's at season highs pretty much across the board. Uh, obviously, Air Force doesn't throw it a lot, but when they do, they pretty much throw it exclusively to him. So if he's out there, he's he's definitely uh, someone to consider, uh, you know, if you, if you got some of your more stud or traditional uh, receivers on a bye.
4: Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's that's a good call. He was slow to start the year, but he got hot lately. Another guy who started slow, but is getting a bit hot uh, Michael Gallup at Colorado State is an interesting receiver, I think. Um, he was a pretty well-ranked junior college transfer, uh, was hurt in the fall, so I think that might have attributed to the, his slow start. But uh, he's been very good the last uh, f- four or five games, and he goes against UNLV, who's who's uh, not a pushover by Mountain West pass defense standards, but I think Gallup has demonstrated the talent level to keep going. He's more of a, a limited ceiling type, though, because Colorado State's passing game in general is pretty awful. Uh Otherwise, like if, if um if Westercamp is out, which I think he is this week, uh, do we know if Alonzo Moore is supposed to be back for I mean, Nebraska? He, he played, he got one target last oh, week, okay. uh, went without a catch. So I'm not sold on his health. Uh, right. I think so it, if it's he easy is to out. be healthier against Purdue though. Okay, yeah. Either way, I feel like some Nebraska receiver is going to have a big game against Purdue and Stanley Morgan. I mean Stanley up. Morgan. Yeah, yeah, he was. They've been they hyped him last year as a true freshman. He seems like he's going to be a pretty close to star level player next year when Western camps out of the way. But uh, yeah, if Moore's healthy, I like him to get going in that one. And if he's not, I'd like I'd like Morgan to have a second good game in a row. Yeah, um, and it seems like newbie's taking ownership of that backfield. Yes, so, like, big he, time. Yeah, so you could look to him, I guess. you're looking for running back help produced highly unlikely to resist much at all Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh, the whole west virginia offense gets the green light Doc kill shorts and and shelton gibson are about equally ranked for me even though gibson gets all the hype uh justin crawford we got to double check on the injury he had last week but if he's available gotta like him and uh let's see what else um Anthony Maddy against Buffalo that's the northern mm, yes. quarterback so Buffalo's just uh one of the very worst teams they they have no hope whatsoever uh, and uh Anthony Maddie got sh- got exposed a bit against Central Michigan. They they kind of reminded of the fact that he's not much of a passer, but he can run, and I, I don't think Buffalo can stop much of anything at all. Yeah, the Buffalo, you know, you see what happens when Colin Lisa transfers from your program, pretty much. Yeah, that's they should have they should have known, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Otherwise, uh, I think Nick had a yeah Nick Gray's uh, the guy who does our waiver wire article pointed out that uh, Bug Howard at North Carolina, he's probably someone you want to own and pretty much any format if he's out there because uh with uh, mac Hollins out of the picture howard isn't the the downfield threat that he that Hollins is but he's their only big body receiver with with and he's going to get more downfield usage even if it's not perfect for his skill set just because they have no one to replace Hollins. so uh he's he's a good player uh he 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 should finish this year very strong agreed uh but yeah john uh your article do do you have anybody who who stands out exactly you mentioned bug um, uh,
3: I, I like uh, Gabe marks uh, against Arizona State uh, obviously I just like Gabe marks in general so I think uh, he's a smart play uh, newbie like I said uh, he's seems or like you said he's kind of seized control of that of that Nebraska backfield and even when Divina Zigbo gets healthy, I think that uh, Newbie's done enough to really yeah, kind yeah. of warrant twenty carries a game it seems like uh, so I like that and then on on the other side of the coin as far as big Ten running backs are concerned uh, any you know if you want to use Shannon Brooks or uh, Rodney Smith against Rutgers this week uh, you know don't let anything stop you there that that's always a good move and then if you have any Keyshawn Vaughn left uh, the <laughs> the Illinois running back he just it seems like lovey Smith just like forgot about him or something uh, so drop him immediately if you can yeah, get get a guy any... like Reggie Corbin or, or Foster
4: yeah he's not he's not coming back Nope. Uh, but um, anyway I'm banished to... to the land of wind and ghosts. <laughs> uh trying to, uh, there's something on the, on the top of my head oh uh you also mentioned Justice Hill yes uh the, the Oklahoma state back he he kind of had to slow down against Iowa state before the bye but i i highly highly doubt Kansas is going to do anything to slow him so I, I think I think Hill goes back over 100 and scores at least once this week. One guy we haven't mentioned to my recollection on this podcast is, uh, but it has been amazing this year actually. Is Austin Carr at Northwestern? The yeah, receiver. yeah. Um, he that's not a team that throws much or with much success when they do, but he's been just he's close absolute... to the lead in the nation's in, in like in like market share or maybe even oh targets yeah he's itself. got a, he's got a, and he's got f- about 600 of their about 1400 receiving yards, which is crazy. If I, I don't think he can maintain that, but it's I I mean you can't you can't really bet against him at this point cuz uh yeah he's he's also got eight touchdowns and 43 receptions and that's not playing an easy schedule either so right. it's 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 you would think there's some regression ahead uh particularly when he has to go against Ohio State and Wisconsin two and three weeks from now but uh in the like championship rounds of season long uh, college fo- fantasy football gets like Purdue Minnesota Illinois so yeah, he's he's a guy who can take you to the to the you know top of your league standings if you can just make the playoffs before that Ohio State Wisconsin stretch. Agreed. Yeah, he's he's really been kind of the, one of the underappreciated uh,
3: stars of this season so far, and you know we're at the half point halfway point now, so it's obviously not just flash in a pan type stuff, but for Mario. I'm John. Uh, this was the Wednesday RotoWire College Football Pro- Podcast brought to you by Wix.com. We will be
2: back again
3: next week looking at some more big games. Thanks a lot. Take it easy.